This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And, and I've been waiting for this one, Shane, since uh, after week one. You know, we, we had this San Diego State win, and that was great. And it was great to be there. And I, I just wish that I was there in the Rose Bowl on Saturday night. You know, I, 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 it, I, still, I mean, it's, we're recording this almost 48 hours post-win. And I'm still speechless. Now, I, you and I all season had talked about UCLA being kind of a fraud. You know, they're going to get theirs. When we talked about the five-game gauntlet, we're like, well, maybe UCLA is the easiest one. But then they started to win more games, and I didn't have the faith. Incredible. What happened? And and I'm really stoked that men's and women's basketball are undefeated. Uh, You know, they're doing great. Uh, Women's soccer had or women's volleyball had a big upset Mm -hmm. uh, over Washington. So great. But this win, number 12 UCLA, Shane, on the road, I still, I'm ecstatic about it. How about you? Well, you remember last week, Eric, in our buy or sell segment, your first question was about the territorial cup game Yep. because we were already thinking ahead thinking, okay, well, at least maybe we can win that game and win four games. Now, all of a sudden we're, we're, we're going back a week and we're going to, we're going to talk about Washington state because now Arizona's looking at the possible bowl game and Arizona, by the way, it's interesting because they're the only team in the PAC 12 at the moment that either isn't, hasn't secured a bowl eligibility or hasn't been eliminated. They're the only mm, team that's in that limbo. But mm. yeah, I um, my, so my story was uh, I was exhausted after dealing with our three-year-old for the day. I fell asleep about 11. I had made sure their game was recorded. I think it was a tie game when I fell asleep. I woke up mm-hmm. about 2 a.m. on the couch, turned on the TV, expecting to, you know, Arizona's probably going to lose by two, three touchdowns, but I'll check it out until it gets out of hand. And then by two eight by two thirty, because I fast forward through the commercials and all that, so I get to skip ahead a little bit. I didn't look at my phone or anything. I you did not. What, oh, I was going to ask you that. You didn't, I didn't look, look at, at any. Phone. Didn't okay. look at anything. I wanted to see what okay. happened. I I'm like I'm here in the loft in our upstairs, like outside of our bedroom and 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 the room where where our son's sleeping. I'm like shaking because I'm I'm in that last possession that UCLA had. It was amazing. Then I went and checked Twitter. I saw your text about we had, we need to record early this week, which we're doing. Uh, so it was, it was remarkable. And I hope no one judges me for number one, doubting Arizona was going to win on Twitter. Uh, and number two, falling asleep, uh, in what ended up being a very exciting game. No, you had a reason to, I mean, listen, you, you are always action packed with a, with a little one. And, uh, I do not have that, that excuse, obviously as a single guy live by myself and I'm sitting there on the couch and it was remarkably calm. Like I didn't, you know, normally when there's a game like that, I'll get up and pace around or what I, I just sat still because I, Honestly, and I know you guys probably listening don't want to hear this. I just, based on what we saw from the defense all year, when Arizona didn't get that last touchdown, uh, I just thought, here we go again. And the the one thing that I was thinking is, okay, how quick can UCLA score and how much time will Arizona have left on the clock? And can they move the ball down from the 25 and get to... You know, they probably would need to get to the 35 to have a reasonable chance, maybe even inside of that, right? Yeah, well, and I and I there's a reason I was able to fall asleep, Eric. I wasn't nervous about this game because I didn't think they were gonna win, even though it was no. tied in the third quarter. That's I mean, I guess that makes me a bad fan. But of course, you know, by you know, it's one minute left and and UCLA has 
you know, has the ball and they got the last jets. Like I'm, I'm shaking in the middle of my, my loft here. And, and I'm so glad that, that they got a little bit of enough pressure on, on Thompson Robinson to, to force that incompletion because they had, he had a guy open in the end zone. Yeah, He was, and he was open and he just, he just made a bad, a bad throw. And as you said, the pressure and Arizona's defense definitely stepped up and Johnny Nansen, uh, you keep your job after that one. We're not going to be <laughs> talking hot seat for anything, regardless of what happens. The number 12 win or winning over the number 12 team on the road. I, I mean, it's hard to think of a, of a victory from a, from a team that's this significant since 2014 and we'll get to that and buy or sell i just am throwing yeah. that out there as mm-hmm. one of the questions but offhand I, I just i couldn't think of one I, I somebody suggested on twitter that maybe you know last year's win over cal was significant i wasn't buying it yeah that um, was just to get the monkey off the back really i mean th- this one it w- could be a program building win i think that that's the difference i, I i'd like to mention a couple of th- couple of things from the game yeah. even yeah. though i know it's been a couple of days um, Arizona's offensive line. And unfortunately they lost Jordan Morgan for the season. We learned yep. that on Monday, um, but they were outstanding for most of the game. Well, at least on Arizona's both of Arizona's fourth down conversions uh, on fourth and three, I think it was in the third quarter when uh, they got the field goal to go ahead and it was the pass to the cowing. And then the, t- the touchdown to, to uh, McMillan in the fourth quarter on both of those plays, those fourth downs, crucial plays, mm-hmm. Jay Delora was able to stand inside the pocket and make the throw. Yep. They, they, they were, did, had some great protection. Those were both after Morgan left the game. So yep. shout out to the offensive line there. Uh, special teams were outstanding. Uh, block, yeah. field goal, block field goal. All three of Kyle Ostendorf's punts were down inside the 20. Yeah. Tyler Loop made both of his kicks, and the last one was was big too. Um, pass rush was the best it's been all season, maybe oh, in, yeah. in, in the last couple of years. They didn't always get to Thompson Robinson. By the way, the broadcast, if you're going to call him DTR all night, I expect you to call Jaden Delora JDL. Okay. It's not, but he hears that. I mean, I know where you're going with that, but we're not at that point. DTR's I'm just saying around. he's been in school for like 20 years, Shane. That's true. So, That's I mean, true. he, I mean, Jaden Delora is all, it's only his third year. Uh, yeah. DTR. I mean, literally we saw him play in person in was was good. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that feels like an eternity. Kevin someone's has last home win. Yeah. 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 But um, so, and they got pressure on him. They, they sacked him three times. And even when they didn't get to him, which is tough because he's an elusive guy. Uh, they made him throw on the run. And I think we learned that Thompson Robinson is not as good at throwing on the run as Jaden Delora is. So take that for what it's worth. I also, I, I want, want to mention one more thing. I liked Jed Fish's play calling on that last possession, even though they had to settle for a field goal, they were reasonably aggressive without being reckless. You know, they, they didn't go full Noel Mazzoni and just run it up the middle and expect and, and punt or, or try, try a long field goal. They had some misdirection in there with Michael Wiley, who had a fantastic game, by the way. He was really a workhorse in this game as opposed to the running back excellent. by committee we've yep. seen. Yep. Yep. Um, they had the, the short throw to Dorian Singer, uh, which was a high percentage throw. And then on third down, that last play before they kicked the field goal, Delora still had the option to throw. He didn't. No one was open, and he, he went down in bounds, which was the right thing to do. But that chopped off a lot of time, burned all of UCLA's timeouts. It was a great possession. They didn't quite get a field goal, but I really like Jed Fisher's play calling on that last drive. Yeah, Jed's play calling all season, Shane. I mean, with the exception of last week against Utah, which where you know things just weren't going great in general. I mean, his play calling has been really good. Um, it, it's night and day. You know what? When with Jed having a quarterback to work with and, and the wide receivers that he's had with Cowing, McMillan and Singer, who's just been fantastic. I mean, I think wh- wh- were you the one that posted the stat on Twitter that Arizona has three receivers yeah. in the top 10, the number one, number yards? three and number 10, a guy like McMillan, as good as he is, is arguably the third best wide receiver on this team. That that's almost unfair. And, and I think that what's crazy about that is that Michael Penix 
from uh, Washington. I think he's the leading passer in the country in terms of yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that Arizona has a number one and number three receivers in a conference where the, the quarterback for the other team or for another team is like legitimately right up there in terms of passing yards, still very impressive. Uh, there's just so much to break down. We, we're going to talk a little basketball later in the show. The men's team kind of has a break and doesn't play until later this week. The Maui Invitationals next week. Shane and I will probably end up recording right maybe after the first game next week at the in the Maui. But uh, we're going to talk football. We were just kind of a kind of a PSA behind the scenes here. We were going to switch to basketball. I'm like, yeah, oh we're yeah, touch on football. Yeah, yeah. And but- then things change. Mm-hmm. and things change in a big way with the program's biggest win in God knows how long. So let's get right to it. It is by yourself presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. If you're watching the uh, if you're watching the, the broadcast on YouTube here, Shane has one of our Ice Shakers, and I have the, uh, the newest one, the half-gallon jug. You can find both of these at iceshaker.com. And as I always like to say, uh, use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, and get $5 off your purchase at Ice Shaker. These things are phenomenal. They're a great holiday gift too. So check them out. We are not just, we're not just uh, toting for them just for fun. These are really great products. So we really appreciate Chris Gronkowski and uh, his sponsorship of the program. And now it is time for one of the most exciting uh, buy or sells. And by the way, before I get to that, uh, I didn't even preview our guests. And that's Barrett Baker, our official uh, uh, Wildcat Country uh, Arizona football analyst, going to join us later in the show. Uh, back by popular demand, as some of you had uh, messaged me, like, "Hey, we need to have Baker on again." Well, we so, we decided uh, we're going to go football again. I texted him Sunday morning, just a few, you know, like at nine a.m. or so, and he he's like, "Yeah, glad to do it." So, you know, he Barrett, Barrett's analysis. If you haven't heard Barrett's analysis, you, it's it's very good. You will enjoy uh, the the second part of the show. Okay, number one, Shane, and by yourself. When it is all said and done, Saturday's road win at number twelve UCLA will be the biggest win Jed Fish has during his Arizona tenure. I, I sure hope not. I'm going to sell it. I, I think there are bigger wins on the horizon. Uh, the, and I think the fact that they won this game makes it more likely they're going to have even bigger wins in the future, because I think for recruiting purposes, especially winning that game in Southern California, I think that was massive. And, and it shows that how much this program is on the right track. I mean, in just one year, it's gone from arguably the worst team in power five, probably the worst team in power five last year to average, maybe slightly below average. That's a massive step in one year. Yeah. And the transfer yeah. portal had a lot to do with that, uh, but you still have to get the guys in there. Uh, so I, I certainly hope that that, be, that a win over a, a team just outside the top 10, at least in I, Arizona, the, in their email said, Arizona beats number nine UCLA, of course, highlighting their ranking in the AP poll, which I would right. too. Okay, fair. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully there, there's a, uh, there are bigger wins on the horizon, maybe not next year, but in the next couple of years. I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to buy this one, Shane, and I'm going to tell you why. I, Arizona hasn't had a road win like this in years, and we'll get to that yeah. uh, in the next question. But this is, I, winning a home game, even against a higher ranked team, is, you know, okay, fine, that's a big win. This is, just the significance of this win, this is like getting over the hump. And unless you're Unless you're winning a game that's for the Pac-12 championship or to get to the Pac-12 championship or Pac-10, whatever it is at, at whatever point, it, it's hard to just see it. I, for now, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, Arizona's not going to beat a, t- a top 10 team under, under Jed Fish. The significance of this win, this will, Wildcat fans will remember this game, regardless of how anything else happens in Jed Fish's tenure. They went on the road and ruined a team's national championship hopes in November. True. And when's the last time you were able to say that? 
That's fair. That's fair. So uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just going to, I'm going to look at it. I, I, I just, in terms of quality of the opponent, Eric, I, I think there's, there are bigger wins yeah, for errors on the horizon. Yes. That's all. But I think for, as far as program defining wins, this is pretty damn good. Absolutely. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, number two, Shane, this was the most significant win for the program since at least 2014 against uh, the ASU game or the Oregon game on the road where Scooby kind of had his coming out party. Um, I, I can't think of a more significant Arizona win since then by yourself. I'll buy it because I think just because of what it means for the program, you know, and, and to be fair, that win over Oregon, number, number two, Oregon was massive. Maybe the most, arguably the most impressive win in Arizona football history. But did Arizona capitalize it? Did they maintain that level of success after 2014? Not really. I think yeah. this, like I said, this win over UCLA could really be the catalyst in, in rebuilding this program and building it to, to areas that where it hasn't gotten to before consistently. Got a long way to go to get there. But yeah. certainly if you're going to get there, wins like this help. I think they were on the right track already. They're recruiting well. They're bringing in transfers. Like Jed Fish said during his press conference uh, on, on Monday, and we're recording Monday night, full disclosure, he said, we don't, we don't have a problem with anyone returning our calls. So they're recruiting well already. Uh, but this win, especially in Southern California, I, I think it, it, it gives a lot of uh, recruits and, and potential transfers confidence that this team is on to bigger and better things as soon as next year. So from that standpoint, absolutely, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, I have to buy it. I, I just can't, there's not a game that stands out to me uh, outside of the 2016 ASU game where they didn't throw a pass in the second half, but that was a bad Arizona team. Well, that was just a, that was a feel good game for us. Yeah. But what was it like a program building game? No, no, no. no. The Oregon game on national TV on a Thursday night. Um, that one stands out to me. The ASU game was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, other ones that stand out to me: the USC win in 09 uh, on the road after after they beat ASU. Uh, and I think the uh, what was it? The 07. One of the ones that stands out to me. Uh, 07 against Oregon on Thursday night football. Yeah. Um, you know, Oregon was number two in the country at that time. That was one that stood out and you're like, Hey, Mike Stoops is finally turning the corner here. Yeah. Um, so I would put this game on par with any of those. How about yeah. that? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I also think in 2017 when Arizona, I think, was it a ranked UCLA team Arizona beat that year with Cole Tate, uh, yes. in, in Tucson. So that, that yeah. was, with, but again, with Willie Tuitama, Willie Tuitama. Yeah. Well, well, I'm talking about oh, talking no, about, the Colte oh, year, 2017. Oh, I thought you were talking about 2006. Sorry, they, they beat UC, yeah. when they beat UCLA. No, I know which game yeah. you're talking about. I mean, that was a, that UCLA game was fine, and it was a good. It, Tate was, but they didn't build on it though. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it like I, I remember the game, but it it's not one that stands out as like a program defining game. You know what Agreed. I mean? Agreed. Agreed. Okay, number three, I put this one on Twitter early in the game on uh, on Saturday night, and nobody kind of had an answer here. Uh, so Shane's going to answer it here. By yourself, Shane, Jaden Delora can be considered the most exciting Arizona quarterback in the last 30 years, if not ever. Most Wait. exciting. Uh, it, uh, but I'm struggling. I know, I know, because I'm well, the only guy I'm thinking about is Cole Tate, but he fizzled out so quickly. I mean, he was yeah. exciting to watch. He was he was electric in, in, a, in a kind of a different way. Uh, Delora actually reminds me a little bit more of on, a better version uh, in our, all due respect to our friend Anu Solomon reminds me a little bit of Anu in his freshman year because Delora was as, is as good, if not better throwing the ball when he's scrambling outside the pocket than, uh, than it, it, when he's standing in the pocket. So right. I, I think that 
I think he's a better version of Anu Solomon. Solomon could have gotten there had he stayed healthy. Oh, uh, come on. you can't put JDL and no offense to Anu. You're right. No, Anu, I, I know. I know. Yeah. But, but yeah. And then, of course, I mean, you're thinking about quarterbacks who can scramble. I mean, certainly as far as pocket passers, Nick Foles was fantastic. But as far as exciting electric, you know, some of the throws he's made have just been ridiculous. The the throw he made to Michael Wiley on the run for the, the Arizona second touchdown was just there are only a handful of quarterbacks in, co- in the, at the college football level right now who can make yeah. that throw. Yeah. And he's made a bunch of those this year. So I, I, I try to stay away from hyperbole, but I, I guess I'd lean toward buying buying that at this point. Yeah. I, you know what? I, Tate was so good Shane, in, in October of 2017. I mean, he was, he was incredible to watch. He was exciting for a short period of time, but that fizzled. Jaden Delora has put together a season's worth of plays that you scratch your head like, what in the, you know, what is he doing? And, oh, my God, this guy is fun to watch. And he's going to be back another year, and we're going to get a chance to watch this. So, yeah, I I know it's the recency bias, and some yeah. people may disagree with this, but I'm buying it. I think he is the most exciting Arizona quarterback in terms of making passing and running plays now that he's allowed to run, which we wasn't earlier in the year against Mississippi mm-hmm. State, as we saw. Uh, he's the most exciting quarterback that I can remember. You know, I, we we doubted him earlier in the year. We were like, is he the right guy? Is it Noah Fafita time? I was. I said that. Um, he was excited. Delora was exciting at Washington State. And I, I just, you know, without with his his legs make so many plays. And he had a few plays on Saturday night that were just so like he, he scrambles back 20 yards. Yeah. You know, the, the, the T-Mac touchdown the fourth quarter. Like, you're like, what is this guy? Oh, great play. I mean, yeah. that's what Jaden Delora does. And, that's and, what- and the, the one caveat is he does have some fantastic wide receivers. He has a great arsenal, oh, yeah. maybe the best Arizona's ever had. Again, with a hyperbole, but but really, so that helps. But still, some of the throws he's made on the run, that's that's like 90% him. Uh, number four, Shane, uh, Jordan Morgan, as you uh, mentioned, out for the year, uh, torn ACL likely. Uh, his loss is detrimental to Arizona winning its final two games by herself. As in less likely now, yeah, absolutely, I'll buy it. It it, it hurts. I, I I think that uh, they Arizona did very well in his absence. Again, both of those fourth downs that Arizona uh, converted um, were after he left the game. Yeah. So, I, and I think that is it uh, Sam Lange, Lange, mm-hmm. Lange. I've heard both Sam Lange, Sam Lange, uh, did a pretty good job of replacing him. But it's 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 gonna be tough to replace Jordan Morgan. But you have. A mobile quarterback like Jaden Delora, hopefully it won't make that big a difference. You can get the ball out quickly. You have a lot of options. So, yeah, it's a detriment. I mean, it's football's one, I think, in, in two aspects, typically, that you win the battle up front and you win the turnover battle. And Arizona's less likely to win that battle up front on offense without Jordan Morgan. So, yes, it, it, I'll buy that it, it at least slightly uh, lessens their chances to win uh, one or both, each of their last two games. Okay, I'm going to buy and I'm going to sell this one. Okay, I'm buying it from the point that you're right. Yeah, Arizona's, you know, not is their offensive line is significantly weaker, and uh, you know it, it probably hurts their chances. But uh, I'm going to sell it in the regard that there are only two games left. If this was midseason, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is brutal. This two games left, and we saw Arizona. You know, Langey did a fine job mm-hmm. against uh, against UCLA, and you know what? Washington State has a good defensive line. Don't get me wrong, they do. but it's they in ASU. It's not like you're going up against world beaters here. Yeah. And so therefore, I, you know, Morgan's loss is it's definitely a big loss, but I, I don't know if it affects Arizona as much as it would have maybe, you know, games ago, just because of the amount of games left. Let's say I think it's a that? better, a bigger deal against Washington State than against ASU because what we'll get to oh, is yeah. the Washington State's defense is markedly better than uh, 
than ASUs. All right, uh, Shane, this is the one I've been waiting to ask. Number five, uh, I'm going to keep it simple. Arizona, bowl game. Um, I, I will just say this. I, I have seen, I, I did a lot of bowl projection searching today. I saw one Arizona against Miami in the Gasparilla Bowl. And I saw and I saw one Arizona against Oklahoma in the Liberty Bowl. I think Brett McMurphy of Action Network put that one out. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to say buy or sell Arizona bowl game. Uh, so you're basically asking me to predict the last two games. I right mean, now. It, it just, you know, I'm not, I, just give I me what you, you can out of this one. Yeah. Uh, I'll, oh, gosh, Eric. And, and I you know, know what? I, I saw the question earlier and I still don't know how to answer it, but I mean, it's, I, I'll, I'll sell it reluctantly. Okay. I, I think it's it's still a hill, a hill to climb. I think Arizona, especially Air, you know, with so many young players, I think it's easy to get complacent and rest on your laurels and think that you finally arrived. You know, they have yeah. so many young players on the team. Washington State is legitimately good. They're the worst team Arizona's faced in almost two months, but they're still yeah. a very good team. Yes. Especially on the defensive side. This isn't Mike Leach's team. Uh, so there's that. And then the ASU game, I think Arizona is a little bit better than ASU right now. They're playing at home, and we'll get to that more next week. But it's a rivalry game. Who the, it's a who the hell knows kind of game because both teams are reasonably equally talented. So uh, for Lightning, I won't say Lightning to strike twice, but it, it, it's tough to win both of those games. They haven't won two straight games. I think Jed Fish noted in, in like three years, they have won two straight games. So we'll see. I'll sell it for now. Uh, but I, I, you know, just the fact that we have a, a, the bowl, a possible bowl game to talk about is fantastic. And more than I expected after a couple of weeks ago. I was hoping you'd give me clarity as to how I'm going to make my pick at the end of the show. Cause I, I legitimately it's early in the week. I haven't mm-hmm. written my sports line call. I, I don't, I don't know who I'm picking here. Uh, Arizona is a four point underdog. We will make our picks at the end of the show. I mean, I, at this point, uh, as crazy as it sounds, uh, I'm buying it. I'm not saying Arizona is guaranteed to win the game, but I, I think the conversation is real. And I think that's just kind of what I meant. Um, with this question, is the conversation real? Yeah, I think it is. I, mean, I think. Well, sure. You know, yeah, the conversation, yes, one hundred percent. I'll buy that. Yeah, they could. Yeah. They, they could definitely win both of their last two games. The, the fact that Arizona is showing up in bowl projections this week, where we hadn't seen them in, in that uh, you know position in six to seven, eight weeks. Yeah, I mean it's it's real, and I'm maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid, and I probably am, and I'm going to let you win the picks. Uh, you know, by the my bad picks lately. Uh, I'm buying it. I and I, that's all I'm going to say about that for now. Um, number six, Shane, kind of a bonus question. Jaden Delora's passion on Saturday against his former team is actually a bad thing. Um, buy or sell? I'll buy that it could be. Yeah, I know he's charged up to play Washington State, and I think he has a lot of resentment there, not against his former teammates, but because they the athletic department let uh, Nick Rolovich and uh, a lot of assistants go. And I think yeah. that he just, I mean, regardless of what you think about, you know, taking or not taking the COVID vaccine, I think that Dolores is very upset at how that happened and how the athletic department handled it. And so it's very personal for him. And you saw how passionate he got on the sideline uh, after the UCLA game. So especially for a younger guy, he's, he's got some experience now, but he's still you know, on the young side uh, and, and experience wise at the collegiate level. I think it could be, I, I think he could, um, Maybe try to do a little too much. Hopefully, uh, Jet Fish and, and his uh, the coaching staff hammer in him. Look, just keep doing what you're doing. Like Jet Fish said at his press conference, you know, you, you you try to look at it like it like it's just another set of guys you know, across the line. That's easier than done for a guy like Delora. But 
I think it's going to, if anything, it'd be a detriment. You want a guy who's emotional, but you don't want a guy who's going to let his emotions over overtake his ability. Yeah, you don't want a guy who's going to be reckless. Right. Um, and and that I'm a little concerned about with with uh, Delora. So yeah, I'm going to buy this. Um, he's got to play under control, and if he plays under control, Arizona very well could win this game. The the crowd, I mean, the enthusiasm that's now generated as part of this program is something else. And can you imagine if Arizona wins this game and is in their two straight wins going into ASU with a bowl game on the line, that stadium we're going to be in Shane is going to be sold out crazy. Yeah. So I am, I am really excited. You know, this was a week that, you know, I was like, all right, well, we're just kind of playing out the string and we'll see if Arizona can get back on the winning track. I mean, I am really excited for this football game on Saturday. I I am. I'm like, all right, I'm locking myself in the house this week. I don't want to, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to miss. Like, I'm really excited. I, I This is probably the most excited I've been for a game all year, and that includes San Diego State. Um, I, call me crazy, yeah. but after that win, holy crap, I'm a believer. Speaking of believers, coming up next, let's talk to Barrett Baker, who is a uh, former special teams captain. He, he's in the, I think he's a fire captain. I can never remember his title, but he's also the best football analyst that we have on this program, or one of the great ones that we have on this program, because we have a lot of cool ones. But Barrett's great. We're going to have him on here on Wildcat Country. Scooby, we sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy Chris Gronkowski. Uh, you have it Bronk. right there. I love my ice shaker. Fun fact: when I was I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody when we were trained together, people thought I was I was the other Gronk brother. So it's kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Gronkowski here. Use coupon code Wildcat Country at IceShaker.com. You know, Shane, at the end of the game the other night, uh, Barrett, I I wrote some things on Twitter, and Barrett said to me, uh, you know, great win or something like that. I said, we're going to have you back on Wildcat Country here soon. And I didn't know when that was going to be. I assume in the next few weeks. I didn't expect it to be two days later, but it's so amazing that it is that we have our official college football analyst or Arizona Wildcats analyst, Barrett Baker, joining Shane and I here on Wildcat Country. All right, Barrett, I got a I got a difficult one for to start with. My buddy Steve, who was at the game at the Rose Bowl, said in coming out of the tunnel for both halves, Arizona looked to be more fired up and had more energy than he is than he can ever remember in going to games. And he's a season ticket holder like me. What would you attribute that to? Was it going back to Southern California? Was it UCLA, you know, leaving the conference? Like, what would you attribute that that rush of enthusiasm to? I think there's a couple things there. I mean, our, our roster is obviously very heavy, heavily influenced by California kids. And the truth of the matter is we got the scraps and I, that, that doesn't sound right, but right. UCLA and USC, they get their pick of the litter. And then oftentimes Arizona is an afterthought. So I think Jacob Manu is a prime example of that. As if someone tells you that you're too short or too slow or too whatever, uh, then you have a little bit of a personal edge to you that you're going to take with you to that game. Uh, so I think that's first and foremost. And then secondly, you know, we we just had a really, really tough schedule. And the fact is, is we did not play well against Utah. And it was a sloppy game if you're putting the ball on the floor seven times and this and that. So there's a little of a of a get back to basics and let's show who we are. And I think the team that, that showed up against Washington and USC and Oregon and gave those teams as much as they could handle, that's who we saw against UCLA the other night. And what a great 
just 60 minutes of football in all aspects of it. Yeah, Barrett, like Eric said, thanks again for joining us. I think this is your fourth appearance during the season. We, we appreciate it, uh, especially on such short notice. Uh, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the defense and its struggles and how, you know, you talked about it just didn't seem to be an identity there. There isn't like the one guy leading the other 10, et cetera. And I, I, certainly Arizona's defense was light years better than it had been uh, in previous weeks. Give me just some of your takeaways and what was the difference? Why was Arizona able to contain UCLA when they weren't able to do that against any of their previous four or five opponents? Not a lot of explosive plays for UCLA. I think that was a, a huge thing for us. We made them earn their scores. And outside of the you know long touchdown where we actually had two guys that bounced off the, uh, the receiver once yeah. he caught the ball and broke a big one, uh, I think Charbonnet had a big run in the second quarter when we were up 14 to seven, where we just had three guys that lost their gaps. Uh, but outside of that, we made it tough on them. And when you can keep an offense uh, like first down defense was exceptional in this game. They were oftentimes behind the chains. And when it's second and eight, you have the advantages of defense. When it's second and four, then they can do anything to you. So limiting their explosive plays, I think, was a big deal. And I don't know what the correlation here is, but when when Manu has played lights out and getting those double-digit types of tackles, and I think he had 12 in this one, I think earlier in the season when he had double-digit tackles, uh, when we're getting exceptional play from our linebackers, it seems to really have a big impact on the defense overall when we're able to control the other team's running game. And I say that, I mean, did we really control the running game? You look at uh, Charbonnet's uh, yardage, obviously it doesn't look like that. But it, he really didn't dominate us. You know, he did what they're expected to do. And they've got a great offense. They score more than 30 points a good majority of the time. So to hold them to what we did, uh, just sound football, uh, aggressiveness, getting guys to the ball. You know, when you have three and four guys getting to the ball every time, that makes it tough on them. And then just the last thing I'd say is up front, we had some guys get some tackles for losses. Ty yeah. Ty had a big one. Um, Mercier had a big one. Uh, I, I mean, just the, the list goes on and on. Deuce had a big one. So, I mean, when, you, when you're getting those sacks against a really dangerous quarterback and putting them in second and long or third and long, uh, just overall, that's the recipe for winning defense. Let me go to the offense now. And I want to talk about the offensive line because I think they made a couple of, uh, I mean, they played well as a unit. I think, especially on those fourth down conversions where they, they gave Jade Bloor adequate protection, losing Jordan Morgan, obviously is a big blow. You know, if you heard, I'm sure you probably heard he's out for the year. Uh, your thoughts on the offensive line. And do you think they can keep, keep, keep it together, at least for these next couple of games? I mean, you, you cannot, say enough about the job that Jordan Morgan had done. And I'll just say something real quick. Four years ago when the previous staff was here, uh, somebody on that staff said that kid right there is going to be an NFL player. Uh, and that's when Jordan Morgan was a freshman. So there was something about him that, that has reeked of potential for the last several years, but you know, he really hasn't stayed healthy. And a lot of the times it's been ankle injuries uh, this year. He was just playing at such a high level that he locked down that left tackle position and his passing grade, you know, through PFF was always uh, just top notch. So that is going to be a huge blow. And I just feel terrible for him. But the fact is, is he's a, a beast in the weight room. And I have no doubt that he's going to come back and, and, and succeed. And hopefully that's at the next level. Uh, Lange has, has been that guy that was kind of a surprise for the offensive line this year. I think wherever it was that they plugged him in, whether it was right guard or left, heart, or left guard or right tackle, he's played well. Uh, he's not going to play at the level that Morgan is, so you can't expect that. Uh, but I think that he is obviously very, very serviceable 
And, and then the last thing is, you know, just the little things that Joe Fan, we wouldn't notice per se, but for Mo to come in at left guard and be able to not necessarily skip a beat uh, and, and really he's a, he's a mauler, you know, you've got the two kids now at right guard and left guard with Jonah and Mo uh, they're beefy and, and they're big inside. And I think that that's really solidified things. And when you can be balanced offensively, and, and get Wiley and Williams running downhill and getting five and six yards, offense is easy then because now they have to commit more to the run and now you play action uh, and receivers are open downfield. So uh, they've, they've, they've really solidified things. Baker seems to have corrected the snapping issues and, you know, fears struggled, I would say, is, is a good word against Washington. He struggles with speed rushers, I think, uh, but he's played better the last two games as well. So and then when you have the magician back there, uh, and I said that he reminds me of a, a lifetime Seahawks fan. He reminds me of Russell Wilson in his first four or five years at, with Seattle, mm. that sometimes he will take a sack that you literally just pull your hair out and scream like, what are you doing? You can't do that. On the next play, he'll spin out of it, keep his eyes downfield and throw some 40-yard bullet uh, for a huge explosive play. So live by it, die by it, but we're living by it more so. All right. Uh, be honest with me here, Baker, as you always are. Um, or Barrett, geez. It's one of those, Thanks. it's six o'clock on a Monday. What can I say? Well, I've got him call. on four times there. You can call him Baker. Yeah, right? I, I, Baker, Barrett, you know. All right, Barrett, They'd be honest a lot with worse. me. Hey, hey, you know, a captain. Can I call you captain? Is that right? This time, fire well, captain. I, I was a I was a captain of, of special teams, so that is Okay, right. so we're going to go with the uh, captain. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, so you can do that. that. All right, so here's the question, Barrett. Uh, I didn't believe that we had any chance to win the game until the final play. I just, knowing Arizona football, I just didn't believe. I, I'm going to get heat for that. Did you believe? And at what point did you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, this game is actually within, we have a chance here. Uh, when the We're clock not going to blow it. Yeah, yeah, when the clock had zeros on it. Okay, yeah. and yeah. I, I mean that's just the truth because UCLA is a very potent offense, and you know that with DTR back there and and uh, their wide receivers, uh, Bobo. I mean, it's a tough matchup to keep mm -hmm. them contained. When we didn't get the nail in the coffin and we couldn't score that touchdown to go up by ten, mm -hmm. uh, that was just as a fan, as a coach, as a player. That's the one where you want to have it so bad to where you can actually relax for the last two minutes. And would, would you have gone for it there, by the way, Barrett? Because Jed said he had to be talked out of going for it on fourth down there. I, I would not have gone for it. Yeah. And I think that the, the fact is this, when they have to score a touchdown, they have to get across the goal line. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that and you can hold them to a field goal, they only have to get to the 30 yard line. Right. Well, guess what? They got within the 30 and no closer. So uh, I would much rather make a team get all the way across and not have to necessarily go into overtime. So I, I think it was the right call. And, you know, it, it was literally to the last play, though. Uh, and yeah, that receiver, he, he got open. So, yeah, he was, you know, uh, you know, no one's talking about that, but he was open. And thankfully that we got just enough pressure on DTR to make sure that he didn't complete the pass. But, uh, you know, just a, a great victory. But it was 60 minutes. The, the other time in the game where I thought, okay, we're on to something here, was when there was a blocked field goal, which we hadn't seen in uh, seven years. And the, and the guy that last blocked a field goal is unfortunately going to be in the penitentiary for a long time, and we won't get into that. Uh, it had been that long. Being a former special teamer, when you saw that, 
I mean, how excited does that make you when you see a blocked punt or a blocked field goal change the momentum of a game like that? Well, that that word that you just hit is the word. Offense and defense are hard. Every, you know, it is a slog to go 80 yards penalty free and to keep going. And it's hard to stop teams from doing that on you. But when you can get a momentum play on special teams, whether it's a kickoff return, a punt return, a punt block, uh, I mean, a field goal block, it takes the wind out of the sails so quickly for that other team. And you will never see a sideline hype up more than when that happens. And the symbolism of going back all those years to 1998 and having Chris Mack take the opening kickoff against Hawaii. And I mean, I was lucky enough to get a blocked punt that year. Chris had two. I mean, we had five blocked punts or something like that in, in the 1998 season. But every time we went out on special teams, that was the mission. Make a game-changing play. And, you know, to get that, you could see what it did. What did it do to this to the to the defense? It just gives you that shot of adrenaline. And at the end of the day, it's basically a turnover. We stole three points in, in that possession, basically. All right, so let's look ahead to Washington State, Barrett. I know, we, you know we, Eric and I were talking territorial cup last week, but now that all of a sudden we, we, there's a there's possibility of a bowl game here, we're, we're squarely focused on, on the Cougars. Uh, they've got a pretty good quarterback in Cameron Ward, a very good tailback, averages six yards a carry. Um, but uh, Ward's more of a uh, not as not as much of a mobile quarterback. He's been sacked like 30-something times this year. On, on the defensive side of the ball for Arizona, what's the key to, to containing Washington State? Uh, I mean, th that's just a tough one because they're good at their system. And, I, you know, Ward is a first team or first year in his year there, but he's been a successful quarterback before that as previous destination. Uh, you know, there's there's more to this game because, quite frankly, they chose Ward instead of Delora. So that that adds a little bit to it. But again, limiting the explosive plays and getting them behind the chains. They kind of have that same controlled passing game where they're okay throwing two yards and three yards downfield and then making you be disciplined enough on defense to get 11 guys running to the ball. So, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but ASU, you know, they're down 28 points in the first half and then shut them out, I believe, in the second half. Right. So put that tape on. You know, what happened to where they were Jekyll and Hyde and they were able to get shut out in the second half? And, uh, you know, like anything, we didn't have Paris Shannon in this last game, but need to get healthy up front and just get them behind the chains. And they lost one of their best offensive linemen, I believe, two weeks ago, uh, which you'd never like to see, obviously, on a personal level, but win up front and make it tough on him. And I think in looking at Ward, he's got a great arm, but sometimes he just makes some bad throws. His accuracy yep. can really be eight interceptions this year. Yeah. Yeah. Very erratic. So I think that's the key is making him make mistakes uh, to give a tip of the cap to Nansen last week. You know, we saw Roland Wallace come off the short corner and do a corner blitz. And that was the play that they actually got called for offensive pass interference. So he didn't get there with the blitz caused a penalty. Perhaps uh, he brought CY several times. Uh, I don't know if I would keep bringing him because it, it wasn't very effective when we brought him on the blitz. It just didn't work quite frankly. Yeah. And he just gated down and didn't really run through anybody and got stoned pretty easily. So, but just the fact of, of giving some different looks and make it a little bit confusing uh, for their offense to not know where guys are coming from. It just adds something else for them to think about to where they're not uh, making it so, so basic. 
Last question for you, Barrett. And by the way, your dog behind you stealing the show. He uh, he knocked knocked over some pillows, and uh, now he's oh, he's, he's he's star great. of the show. I was going to say he, the same thing. Was yeah. it a he or a she back there? Uh, she's Annie. She, and Annie. We 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 had our previous dog died unexpectedly, and she's been a great oh, addition. Uh, she's like I don't know what she is. She's husky. Yeah. And about 95 other things, but she's a great little girl. Yeah, we're the, the same same situation with us. We adopted a border collie a couple of years ago. Very very much the same. Uh, all right. Getting back to football, I want to ask you about Jaden Delora because this is going to be a very emotional game for him. And we saw how emotional he was, you know, at the end of the UCLA game. And he's talked about how it is personal for him. Is there a way for him to maybe use that emotion to his advantage uh, on Saturday? Or is it just something like where Jetfish said during his press conference on Monday that he just needs to think of this as another team and just approach it from that perspective. I mean, from a coaching standpoint, that's what you want. And that's the messaging that you have to get to him is it's just another game uh, and you got to play within the system. And I know coach has been very consistent with that, right? When we're behind, there's no 18 point plays do what is there, do what the offensive system is. Is he going to have a little bit of extra juice? There's no doubt. So it wouldn't surprise me to see some overthrows early in the game, you know, and just some of those things. But I think what we've seen with Delora, I mean, the, the guy's a magician a good majority of the time, and he makes throws that we haven't been, we haven't seen guys making in an Arizona football uniform for a little while now. So uh, I just think, again, between the three wide receivers and Tanner and the level that he's playing. And if Wiley and Williams can continue to do what they are doing, he doesn't have to do anything crazy. And it's important. I think again, this is a little thing, but at Arizona, we don't play games at noon. And that might be something that, you know, let's see how we come out in the first quarter, because when you stay at the team hotel on the travel squad, you, you know, get a good night's sleep. Hopefully you wake up, you have breakfast, you have some meetings, you're watching football throughout the day. Uh, again, you get a good dinner before the game and then you get to the stadium and you start going through your, your routine. Well, that's going to be accelerated very, very quickly. And all of that has moved up. So we need to, we need to kind of get that going uh, and seeing if we can get those guys tuned in and have a great start to the first quarter. All right, Barrett, I'm putting you on the spot once again. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had you on, uh, and you picked against us, as we all did. Um, I'm going to ask you these last two games here, Washington State and ASU. Does Arizona win them both and therefore achieve bowl eligibility, or are we not going to be as fortunate? I'm putting you on the spot. It's it's so challenging because, and I'll give you a, a long answer, and I'm sorry to do that, but you know, we always talk about a letdown. And when you just beat UCLA, then it's very difficult to not think that you're Superman and that you take Washington State lightly Mm -hmm. because of the fact of what's on the line there with the last game. But I think offensively, outside of the Utah game, we are in every single game. And if we can get the defensive effort that we've seen, uh, I, I say, you know, over the last two games where we saw glimpses that that were they were they were trending a little bit better you know they were they were doing a little bit better if that continues then we can beat washington state and i will triple down and say that no matter what we are going to beat asu and uh that's going to be a great game to witness i just think that the the programs are going in different directions i know that they had some a little spark with the guano but we're a better team than them uh, and we are going to we are going to take care of business against ASU. So as long as we stay grounded against this Washington State team, uh, then we, we we sweep it and we we're, we're bowl eligible. 
I'm going to throw one more at you real quick, uh, Bear, just to follow up on that. Uh, as a Wildcat alum and Wildcat diehard, who would you rather face, uh, Emory Jones or Trenton Bourget? I would tell you, I think that I would rather see Emory Jones. I watched a lot of their games early in the season. I pull against them every single game. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, that I, I, there's just something there. It's not as smooth. I think that if you take him off of his first read, I think he struggles a lot more. Uh, he's a first read quarterback. And if that's open, then then he's dangerous. Uh, but I think Borgay, you know, he'll find an open guy. And that's a little bit harder than if he's, he's going to make you defend 53 yards across because he'll be able to get through his progressions and he doesn't beat you necessarily with an explosive play, but he moves the chains for them and they have a tough running game. I'll give him credit for that. So I, I think that Emery is a little bit easier to uh, scheme against and, you know, whichever way it goes, I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop us. And I hate to be that arrogant about it, but I have a lot of vitriol against that program. Understood. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this negativity and this uh, disdain for them comes out uh, in a positive way for our gang. Well, Barrett, we always appreciate having you on. You are the official Arizona football analyst of Wildcat Country. The captain. Always appreciate it. That, that's right, the captain. And uh, great to talk to you again. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bear down for life, guys. Appreciate the time. Let's do it. If you're looking to add value to your sports cards, you've got to check out DTSportsCards.com. They're an authorized dealer for PSA, which means you'll get great prices on your submissions if you go through them. And for just $2 a card, DT Sports Cards will take a close look at each card you submit and let you know whether it's worth grading. I just submitted some high-end hockey cards. They took a very close look, said they're good to go, and they all earned a PSA 10 grade, which tripled the value of each card. DT Sports Cards is located right here in Arizona. They provide quick, personalized service through email or direct messages. Find them online at dtsportscards.com and check them out on Instagram at dt underscore sports cards. Well, always great to talk to uh, Barrett Baker if I could get his name right, which is uh, just call him the captain. The captain, captain. That's right. That's what that's what we'll call him. But he's always great to have on. He's been he's been great with us this year. As you said, Shane, this fourth time on the program and, you know, no better week to have him on to break it down because he tells it straight. I mean, he's honest uh, and we appreciate that. Let's talk a little basketball for a second. U of A um, look pretty good, I guess, the last couple of games. I mean, they're scoring a lot. They're averaging one hundred and what? 108 points a game, something like that. Turnover is not great. Um, just your kind of overall thoughts on what you've seen from the basketball team thus far. I'm encouraged by it. Yeah, I, I think that, it, again, it, these kinds of games you kind of treat like, or at least I try to treat like NFL preseason games. You don't you, yeah. you tell yourself you're not going to read too much into it, and then you inevitably mm-hmm. do. But like what I've seen so far, especially from uh, Umar Balo, who, uh, you know, two games, and like someone on Twitter noted, you know, he hasn't really played against uh, – a lot of big guys yet, so we'll see how he does. But on both sides of the ball, he looks like a very capable replacement for Christian Coloco in the starting lineup. Uh, I think we saw in the, the second game, uh, Eric, the what Arizona's rotation is going to look like when Courtney Raymond comes back. You now we, we had a, they had basically an eight eight man rotation uh, without him. He'll be back, uh, I think, for the Maui Invitational. Um, but you have um, you, you're probably going to have him in the starting lineup along with Creesa uh, Larson. Uh, to Bellis and Balo, and then you're going to have uh, Adama Ball, Kylan Boswell, 
uh, Henry Vesar and um, and probably Cedric Henderson off the bench. You're going to have that those nine. It's a pretty good rotation, and then you have a couple of other options as far as big guys coming off the bench too. And in, in Anderson and Vor, and uh, Borovichinen, I think is how our guy Bruce Pasco pronounced his name last week. So I'll try to get that right. So uh, depth wise, I think they're good. Star power, I think, is remain, remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we talked about last week, I think the turnovers maybe just kind of come with the territory the way this team plays. But you want to see them at least keep it closer to 15 than than 20 or 25. Uh, but I think they'll gel. And, and so I, so far so good, as far as I'm concerned, there, there's not a lot to discuss, but what I've seen so far has mostly been good. Want to uh, give a shout out to Kirk Creesa who having a triple double, uh, yeah. even in limited minutes, uh, last the Friday third night guy against, in Arizona uh, history to had, have multiple triple doubles in his career. Who's it? Igadala and Lauren Woods. Lauren Woods. Right. Yeah. 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 How about that? That's a, that's a great trivia question, but who would have thought, I mean, he was, you know, Kerr's done a good job kind of playing under control, which is good. Yep. I love Boswell off the bench, just his vision. Um, I'm just so impressive. This team's fun. Uh, they're, they moved up to number 14 in the polls. Uh, they look the part. Um, and I think another reason, and I, this, and also, I mean, to be truthful, like this was going to be the lead that I was going to lead with this week. The Pac-12 in basketball is so bad. Ugh. I mean, it's, it's now I know Colorado beat Tennessee. They did after uh, losing to Grambling. Yesterday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ASU loses to Texas Southern and almost lost to Tarleton State. Yeah, you've got you know USC lost to what Florida Gulf Coast, Oregon. Um, Oregon got smoked by UC Irvine at home. At home, yeah. This conference chain is crap. Yeah. Outside of UCLA and Arizona, it's real bad. You wonder why Arizona got picked to finish second in the conference behind UCLA, even though they lost so many guys. Well, now you know. You know, it, it's still it's very early. Maybe some teams are going to get things sorted out. I think Oregon probably will, uh, but the rest of the conference, I don't you know. Colorado bounced back and beat Tennessee, so maybe they'll end up being okay. I mean, I'm not one of these guys that says back the pack, but I'd like to see some Pac-12 teams be decent so we can at least get some decent uh, wins on a resume uh, going into the NCAA tournament. It, this this is real bad, Shane. I mean these these teams are awful. We will touch more on this in the coming weeks, but I, I really wanted to focus on it more. I guess football kind of steals the day here, and uh, I don't can't really blame it. So uh, we got some picks. Uh, we as we do every week. Uh, this is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Shane DT Sports Cards. Tell us more about them. Yeah, so if you're into grading cards, like I've gotten into over the last couple of years, you know, during the pandemic, found a lot of old sports cards, and I've been buying some more since then. Uh, you want to submit them to PSA? They're pretty much the uh, the gold standard of graders. Uh, DT Sports Cards. If you submit your cards through them. They'll they'll take care of it. They'll uh, they'll make sure your cards look great before they go to PSA. And then two dollars a card. They'll look at them and tell you if they look good or if they don't. I just did another submission, and uh, David DT Sports Cards. He got back to me right away as soon as he got the card and said, "Just want to bring a few of these to your attention. I don't think these are going to grade very well. We should probably not submit them." I said, "Thank you. Two dollars. It's worth not losing money on these cards. So the other ones are good to go." And so far, what I've gotten back, he's been great. You know, it's almost it's. Almost impossible to predict what PSA is going to grade your cards at. He's done a fantastic job so far. So highly recommend them. DTSportsCards.com. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at DT underscore sports cards. They're also local. Dave lives uh, in the East Valley. So he's a, he's a local guy. He's at the uh, card show that's coming up next week, which we'll tell you more about. So cannot recommend them enough. Well, since they have come on board, Shane, in the last couple of weeks, you have cut the my lead, which seemed uh, insurmountable, down uh-huh. to three games after a seven-two in one week. Yeah, we, just, so, we differed on three last week, and I think I got you on all three of them, didn't I? I think you did. So we've got an eight-pack of games. We'll go fairly quickly here, Shane. TCU is undefeated, ten and zero. They're minus three at Baylor. Who you got? 
Uh, I keep picking against TCU and then keep proving me wrong. I thought Texas was going to be their undoing, but I'll, you know, probably serves me right now that TCU is probably going to lose, but I'm going to take TCU with the points. All right. I, I, I'm just like letting you back in it because every week it's like UCLA. I'm going to be right. One of these weeks picking Baylor to win the game outright. I know they got blown out by Kansas state at home last week. Just have a feeling this is Baylor's week to upset TCU. Uh, Cal in the, uh, what do they call this one? The, the big game. Uh, Cal's yeah. a five and a half point favorite at home against Stanford. I, I don't even know what to do with this game. Shane, help me out here. Uh, Cal's at home with five and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Cal. I think they're a little bit better. Um, I mean, now Stanford beat Notre Dame. It's been a weird year. Stanford beats Notre Dame. Notre Dame blows out Clemson. Uh, I think Cal's a little bit better uh, on both sides of the ball combined. I'll go with Cal to, to, to cover. Stanford beat Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame beat North Carolina and Clemson, who both have one loss and very well might make the – one of them might make the Final Four uh, because of the fact that, you know, the committee loves to choose a one-loss conference champion. Besides mm-hmm. that, you're going with Cal. I don't know why I keep letting you back in it. In a rivalry game, Cal just fired their offensive coordinator, Bill That's Musgrave. Right. And, We're trying and to do it. Somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I'm going with Stanford to cover the line here. Cal wins close, three or four. Okay. Uh, in Bedlam, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma, the Sooners are minus seven. I'm going with Oklahoma State. Uh, I think they can win the game outright, but they won't. I think they lose by like three or four. Uh, who you got? Yeah, I think OK State's uh, right of the ship. Uh, Oklahoma is just a, an average team this year. Uh, OK State beat them last year. I think they make it two in a row. I think they they win. I'm so bad at picking Oklahoma State games, like especially bad at, o- at picking Oklahoma State games. All right, uh, Colorado at Washington, minus 31. I, I mean, every time I try to pick Colorado, they stink. I'm going Washington with the points. You, did you, did you like that backdoor USC cover? Oh, it was so, so <laughs> annoying. I was. He, it was so here. unnecessary. Lincoln Riley could have just just run the ball or taken a knee, and he's like, no, 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 we're going to run up the score. I, and I was like, yes, let me catch up to Eric. So uh, but, you know, the last two weeks, there have been huge spreads, and I picked uh, I picked against Colorado. So I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to say Washington is they're fired up after uh, beating Oregon, and, and they, they find a way to cover the that massive spread. Oregon State is a seven and a half, seven and a half point favorite at ASU. Before the Territorial Cup, does ASU show up to play? I say yes. I don't think they win the game, but I think they cover another one of these close three or four point games of taking ASU plus the points against Oregon State. You? I agree with you on that one. I think ASU has a decent chance to win. Interested to see who uh, is going to start a quarterback for them this week with Borgay getting benched. It'll probably be Borgay, uh, but, and I would start him if I were in, in Guano's shoes. But, uh, you know, emotionally charged game, it's their senior game, a senior day because they're at Arizona next week. So uh, I would be surprised if ASU finds a way to win. But other, either way, I think it's going to be a close game. So I think ASU covers. The shine has kind of come off these two games uh, up next here because of the loss, the the shocking Washington win over Oregon, and then obviously Arizona's win over UCLA. Let's start with the first one, Shane. USC is the Pac-12's only hope at at a team in the playoff. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites at UCLA. Who you got? I'll go with USC, again, because I, as much as I'd like to think that US, UCLA is a great team because we just beat them, uh, I, I think USC is is better, and they're better than two and a half points, even on. And am I? Is there really a road game in that situation? I mean, both teams are so close to each other. I, I'm going to go with the Trojans. Yeah, I'm just not impressed at all with uh, with UCLA. We were waiting for the the dominoes to fall. I think USC is going to lose again. Uh, I just don't okay. think it's this week. I'm taking USC with the points. If they Oregon, win, I, if they win, I'm sorry. I think if they win out, if they win out, they're going to be in the college football playoff. I would agree with that. If but they they might need some help. They might need a TCU loss. Well, I, I, I think, think that's going to happen though. That's what yeah. I'm saying. 
Uh, Oregon, yeah, after that colossal, we, I wish we had more time to talk about that. Uh, yeah. Three-point favorite at home against Utah. I love the Ducks here. One of my favorite plays of the week. I think Oregon wins this game by at least a touchdown. So uh, give me the Ducks. Uh, you know what? I, I think Oregon's going to have a tough time getting up after that game. And Utah's got a bit of a chip up, uh, on its shoulder after. Uh, I think they think they're better than they are. Um, against my better judgment, I'm going to take Utah. I just think it's going to be tough for the Ducks to get back up after that demoralizing loss where, you know, Bo Nix thought he maybe he was going to be the Heisman winner and Oregon thought they're going to be the national champs. And now all that is probably out the window, at least the, the national championship part is. It's going to be tough for them to get up. And Utah, I think, is, is just as good on a given day as Oregon is. So I'm going to go with the Utes. The game was in Salt Lake City. I'm taking Utah, not in Eugene. Eugene uh, Oregon's not losing two in a row. And finally, Shane, I'm going to let you make the first pick on this one. I'm still kind of undecided. Washington State is a four-point favorite at Arizona on Saturday. I told you, I'm so excited for this game. Give me your pick. Give me a score prediction. Just give me something positive, hopefully. About yeah, so this so this is not Mike Leach's Washington State team anymore. They, they're they they're an average offensive team. Mm-hmm. They're a very good defensive team. Maybe the, arguably the second-best defensive team in the Pac-12. Uh they they uh, they're also very good in, in the red zone. They've scored ninety percent of the time when they've gotten inside their opponent's twenty, which is best in the conference, uh, significantly better than what Arizona's been. They have a seventy-two percent touchdown rate, third in the conference in yards allowed, tied for third in sacks. I think it's going to be a difficult matchup for Jaden Delora, who I I hate to say it, but I think his emotions might get the best of him at, uh, enough to cost Arizona the game. Nakia Watson uh, at Washington State is a, an outstanding tailback, averages just over six yards a carry. That's fourth best in the Pac-12. So and you can see a close game, mo- emotionally charged game, but Washington State is, they're not ranked, but they are legitimately good. Uh, and I think that Arizona, it's a little bit of the complacency is going to settle in just, just because they're such a young team. So I'm going to say Washington State 37, Arizona 30. Well, that would be a barn burner. Uh, I, I, You know what, Shane? Something, I, I have gone back and forth this with this pick throughout the show. I, I, I don't know what to do, but I'm, I'm going to just go with what my gut says. Arizona, that win is a program-changing win against UCLA. I really believe that. And until proven otherwise, I think the Wildcats are for real again. I think they got through that tough stretch and and ruined a team's chances at a a national championship, potentially. I think Arizona finds a way to win this game. It's not going to be pretty. The way I would think of it is like there was a Stanford game, I think, in 2011 where Andrew Luck was there. I think McCaffrey might have been there or uh, for – yeah, uh, you know, it was a close game. Stanford had a throw at the end zone to win the game. Uh, didn't get it, and Arizona won. It was a real close one. I think oh, nine. oh nine, but I know oh, the game we're talking about. Oh nine, yeah. okay, Fantastic yeah. So it must have been Gerhardt. Yeah, Gerhardt yep. was the running back. Uh, I'm gonna say Arizona 31, Washington State 27. Okay, it's probably my fandom speaking here, and and maybe not right. the the analysis, but probably getting you right back in this this whole uh, picks thing before uh, before our, our final couple weeks. But I'll tell you what. I'm so excited about this program. One game changed everything, and, uh, and we're really excited for it. So uh, thanks to Barrett Baker for joining us. Great analysis from him. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Let's hope this is a great week and bear down. <laughs>